you've tuned into a podcast with me Anupama Chopra I do hope you enjoy listening to this conversation There's a dialogue in the film where she says hum jitne dikhte hain utne hain nahi and I feel like I've really been boxed into this um bholi si hai bichari si hai kind of space something really silly had happened at home and I started crying and mom was trying to console me and then she took a step back and she was just like you're a pretty crier that's important you look pretty when you cry that's important i feel bad for you it's good just remember what you've done so i was like oh, okay fine but can i please have more ice cream <laughs> i can cry like on cue really yeah do you want me to cry like right now no. i can do it i think no no please don't okay, fine because <laughs> it was happening i can see that oh my god yeah. are you seriously doing it yeah i could but like now i stopped i can go back into it if you want <laughs> How are you doing this? <laughs> Janvi, it is so nice to see you in person again. As an actor, what is your approach to a remake? Like, do you uh, will you study that performance? Will you see what you can take away? Even though the context for this film is, of course, Punjab yeah. and, and it's all changed, but do you go into it like that, or do you not look at it at all? So you come to it with a completely fresh interpretation. I think I like to follow my director's lead on that a little bit. I'd seen Kolamavu Kokila just once and I thought that Nayantara ma'am was such a badass in that film. Have you seen it? I haven't yet, but I will. She's so cool in it and I I think the film is so much fun, but um but our world like you said is completely different. And I actually didn't realize how different um North Indians and South Indians are till I did this film because the way she played her character is very different. I mean, the crux of the character is essentially the same. the things that are happening to Jerry is the same as what happened to her in that film but the way that you deal with it just because of where you come from changes so much so um i just followed siddharth sir's lead on what i should do and how i should approach it and i really just focused on finding who jerry was but i did another film millie which is the remake mm-hmm. of helen and uh, the same director who directed helen was directing millie and and I feel like that's pretty similar to um to the original because the director's the same. So I really just follow whatever they tell me. I don't so know. So what was his brief for this one? Um did he want you to look at that or not? No, he didn't actually. He 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 put more weightage on me getting the dialect and the diction right to understand the world of Jerry and he had a very elaborate back story of where Jerry came from and where she wants to go. and uh, and i think that's what we tried to focus on the fact that she was a bihari immigrant in punjab mm-hmm. and uh, um he knew a lot about how uh, what that feeling of uh, displacement does to someone and he wanted me to carry that baggage into the film and and that to play a huge role in her arc as a character so we focused on that more than what she did because i mean she's a huge star and what she did was i think quite iconic it's one of her most loved films yeah. So I think it might be a little counterproductive to try and attempt to do the same thing but um I think that that worked because that was their interpretation and honest interpretation of a character and I've tried to honestly interpret whatever was given to me also 
So, of course, uh, Kolamavu means cocaine in Tamil. It does. <laughs> it does, really? <laughs> it's a slang. Oh, yes, slang. of course. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it makes slang. sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, this is a sort of delicious, dark story of, of an ordinary nice girl who desperately needs money, yes. gets involved with drug smugglers. How do you get into the mind space of somebody like this? Like, what, what were your references? Like, you're talking about a backstory. What, what did you create for her? Um, well, so, so like I said, Siddhansa gave me a very detailed backstory about how uh, her, her and her parents and her younger sister came to Punjab, like many Bihari immigrants do, um, in search for better job opportunities. And uh, then their father passed away. And now there are three women, Bihari women in Punjab, trying to fend for themselves. And uh, automatically that gives you a feeling of them being, um, not having a sense of belonging. There's obviously the financial pressures. And obviously I haven't been through these beats in life, nor have I peddled drugs. <laughs> Just want to put that not. out there. <laughs> I really haven't. Um, but I think that sense of desperation, that sense of being pushed to the wall and um, and having your survival instinct kick in, also the sense of after losing a parent, what that does to your family dynamic, also the sense of, um, see when you see Jerry, you feel like she's a very innocent, um, naive, bholi si masoom si ladki, but really when push comes to shove, she's so much more than that and she's capable of so much more than just that. Mm. And uh, there's a dialogue in the film where she says, hum jitne dikhte hai, utne hai nahi. And I feel like I've really been boxed into this bholi um, si hai, bichari si hai kind of space. And Meaning as an actor? As an actor. I mean, the roles that I get, um, the way that people perceive me, I think, um, and I'd like to think that I am more than that. And I guess um, in that way, I related to her a little bit. I think that all of us have a little bit of Jerry in us that um, comes out from time to time. She's kind of like Jerry from Tom and Jerry. Like she looks small and dainty and harmless, but like she can go out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She can go out. She can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, when you wrapped shoot for this, uh, you posted on Instagram about how uh, so much changed through the making of this film and you said you learned and unlearned. So what did you learn and unlearn? So much change, I think in, in my personal life even, I, and you know, the pandemic had happened and um, I don't know, I think through the course of shooting this film, I started believing in myself a little more as an actor. But was it something specific in this film that made you believe more? Um, I don't know if that's what it was. I think I just enjoyed shooting the film so much. And also, uh, whatever was happening with me in my personal life at the time made me feel like, I, I don't know if it was just my personal life, but just in general, there was a sense of uh, worthlessness. I was going through a bit of a downer, I think. But I would look forward to going on set every day. And um, the way that Siddhansa works is so different from um, you know the people that I've worked with before. Mm -hmm. And he actually gave me a lot of freedom and a lot of confidence. And and uh, and it's the first time that I've seen myself attempt comedy, a little bit of action. And uh, he really, I think, with every scene, our approach was, okay, how do we make this a little different? How do we push you a little more? How do we raise the stakes a little bit? And it was very liberating and encouraging. And uh, I think I finished Jerry with the sense of, 
there doesn't need to be a set pattern to everything and you don't really need to because I was so like I need to be good I need to kill it I need to prove myself and all of that is great and valid and you need to work your ass off because what else are you here to do but it's okay to not be so hard on yourself and it's okay to like go on set and have fun and enjoy the moment and even then like you can create magic sometimes you don't need to like bleed and die and like sweat your face off all the time <laughs> you told me that once that if i'm not exhausted if i'm I not feel drained, like yeah kuch yeah. kiya nahi hai like i can't i like ants in my pants <laughs> it's not okay you know this is of course his feature film debut it's very intriguing to me that in the four films that you've done uh, you've got this from a debut director, you had Gunjan Saxena from a debut director, you had Ruhi with Hardik who had just directed one film Kamyam before that, which makes me wonder what keeps you going back to newbie directors? I guess veterans just don't want to work with me. That's not true. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but uh, well, maybe it is, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I, all of the stalwarts, all of these huge directors that people look up to now were first-time directors at some point. And um, I think, f even with Gunjana, how do you pass on a story like that? Not at all, yeah. It was, it was you and know that, I yeah, love that film. And, yeah. and, and Sharan's energy was so correct. And I really think making a film should come down to uh, the intention with which you make it. And I really believed in Sharan's intention. I thought that it was approached with a lot of purity. And even with uh, Siddhartha and this film, I felt like he, he had a very uh, individual perspective and a take on a, a story that had already been told, which I found very interesting. He had so many of his own ideas. And he had uh, a character in mind that I found very fascinating. And I think that vision of his drew me to um, the film. So when you're, when you're selecting your scripts, you're not looking at, um, you know, that whole idea of, is it like some, somebody really experienced? Uh, I might be safer with someone. Those things don't factor in. It's purely the script and the vision. No, those things do factor in. I, Honestly, I, the, the main reason I did ghost stories was in my head, I was treating it like, okay, four days of film school, I'm getting to work with Zoya Akhtar. Yeah. Don't even think about like, even if you have to walk in and sweep the floors for a bit, do it. Um, so yeah, of course I want to work with experienced people. And of course there's a sense of, okay, I can rely. I, I want to work with someone I can just rely on. I want to learn from someone who like really squeezed something out of me that I didn't expect. But having said that, um, when there's a script that excites you, I think that does take uh, the, I, the most weightage for me. Mm. Um, but I do, I do, I have spoken to, you know, dad about, and it is on my wish list to work with experienced directors as well, because I feel like they might bring something out in me. But maybe they have to, I'm hoping they have to. I think mm. Sharan did. Yeah. And I'm hoping Siddhartha did too. Of course, of course. You know, I was, I was, in fact, just talking to Varun, and and he, we were talking about how his dad always wants him to do safer stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he was very stressed when he did Badlapur. <laughs> I <laughs> can was, imagine. Yeah, that was not his idea of a safe choice. Right? Yeah. So does does. Diamond for diamond, no one compares with Mervis. At Mervis Diamond Importers, our natural diamonds come straight from the mines in Africa and our mermaid lab-grown diamonds beat all others for quality and value. Come view our brilliant diamonds, both natural and lab-grown. Mervis diamonds are so bright, 
and full of fire that will blow you away. So will the affordable prices. Our diamonds may steal your heart, but not your wallet. See our mermaid lab-grown diamonds and learn how to get a larger diamond for less. You can get a bigger mermaid lab-grown diamonds than you ever thought possible. And with Mervis Financing, you can enjoy up to five years to pay with zero interest. A generous full-value trader policy and our lifetime warranty program easily make Mervis your first choice. When you mount a world-class Mervis diamond into a designer ring from our huge collection, there is no equal. Mervis Diamond Importers. For an appointment, call 800-HER-LOVE or go to MervisDiamond.com. Again, that's 800-HER-LOVE or go to MervisDiamond.com. Did your father sort of give you any inputs like that? No, he's actually very encouraging. Of risks? Of risks. That's he, amazing. He actually, um, and I think that's also how he sees me. I guess he's also kind of put me in a box of his own. Mm. But um, he believes that, you know, I, when, for example, when I was told about ghost stories and that Zoya ma'am might, you know, be interested in working with me, I had a thought in my head and everyone at my agency was also like, okay, but is your dad going to think it's a bad idea because it's a short film on OTT and and etc, etc. But he was like, are you crazy? As an actor, your main priority is to learn and grow. And, uh, um, and you know, someone else asked me this in another interview, but the conversations that I've heard growing up, although from his side have been about like numbers, box office trade and like, you know, all of these things, but the converse, the personal conversations have always been creatively driven mm. about respecting an artist's choice and um, their craft and really honing it. And he and mom even looked up to people that took risks and operated from a place of honesty as opposed to calculation. So I think that's been embedded in me a little bit. Well, he made Hampach he at did. a time when people didn't make films like that. Yeah. It's a stunning, stunning movie, yeah. you know, so obviously, his roots are also somewhere, yeah. uh, not all full-on commercial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Jami, I was looking at your Instagram, and of course, you know, the Instagram handles of so many of the younger female actors. You know, there's you and Sara, Ananya, Kriti, Kiar, and you all just look incredible, okay? You That's all look insane. staggering. <laughs> but I was just wondering, like, man, what is the pressure of having to look that hot all the time? <laughs> Does it ever just mess with your head? Not really. It's you all, enjoy it. It's all just a bit of fun. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. How can you take it that seriously? Yeah, there is, um, I mean, you do need to look a certain way, I think. But, uh, and you need to take care of yourself and you need to be presentable. And there is a certain expectation, which I understand. But you can't let it eat into your psyche, I think. I think, or maybe I do take it seriously and it's just become like a way of life now, so I don't think it's a big deal. I can't be objective about it. Mm. I enjoy dressing up and looking good, but I enjoy my downtime just as much. The thing is, I enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy feeling good about myself. It's also like positive reinforcement. When you do something like that and people appreciate it, you feel like doing it more. So I tend to focus on that and not the negatives of like, shit, if I don't show up with perfect skin today, they'll screw me. I, I don't think about that so much. So it never gets exhausting? I think more than the, uh, more than the I need to look hot all the time, I think it's the I need to be put together all the time. That's exhausting. Um, and, and maybe it's exhausting to be mindful of my clothing and um, 
mostly like how I get photographed outside the gym <laughs> because for some reason that's where people see me the most <laughs> and some days I just want to like look comfortable and like not care about if this is gonna look a little vulgar from a certain angle or like if it's gonna look a little this a little that um, but, but you have to think about all of you that. have to I've, I've learned that you even do. when you're going to the gym yeah and that that's the one thing that irritates me that you I don't care about the if someone thinks it's pretty or not, or if someone thinks it's hot or not. I care about if someone thinks that I'm um, looking vulgar or not. And I, I don't think any girl steps out with the intention of looking vulgar. Or, but sometimes you get photographed in a certain way, or people perceive you in a certain way, and they kind of character assassinate you, even though you make choices based on your comfort. And I think that's a little, that, that bothers me. Yeah, it's just a lot of pressure. It is. It is pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I just like, you know, whatever. It's a small price to pay, I think. It is, of course, of course. You know, the last time we talked, um, Janvi, you were telling me about uh, how, in the beginning, you had a very systematic way of kind of uh, improving your craft. You talked about how you would try and see a film a day, sit in on story narrations, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like a very focused way, but you said that the best way to learn is obviously on the job. Yeah. So now, you know, four films later, 2018, you made your debut, a few years later, do you find your actorly instincts very different or are they essentially the same as when you started? I think that my skill set has definitely been polished mm -hmm. a little bit, or at least I'd hope so. I think I'm maybe a little more confident if I would be shaking on set for the first 10 days, maybe now I just shake on the first day of set. You still of, shake? Yeah. The shaking still happens. Meaning like literal shaking? Like literal shaking. Like, no. you, know, you know when you pose like in front of camera sometimes and like smile please, smile please, but your smile is like glitching, like your face is shaking, that happens sometimes. Really? I get that nervous and I get really, and I have this thing where I only sweat on my nose. <laughs> and so like my nose turns into, and the thing is, um, I think on the first or one of the uh, earlier days of Bawal, I had to do an emotional scene. And I was obviously nervous and my nose was obviously sweaty and I was crying. Except you couldn't tell if it was the sweat on my nose or if it was the tears. So I was like, well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, first day of shoot, you will be shaking and you will be sweaty. Yeah, I will be. There will be a very sweaty nose on set. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. But that's exciting. No, that's what I makes think it fun. so. I think so. I just, yeah. It's always the new environment that gets me a little and the nervousness of I. It's such a big deal that I've gotten this opportunity. I just hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> you also said to me that you um, take things, you know, like when, when you're experiencing something bad, uh, you kind of file it away yeah. and say, Kal main scene mein use Yeah, it's so. It, doesn't that sound horrible? <laughs> you know, it's. Well, it's, it is funny. Uh, it's, it, it, there's something very unethical about it, I think. No, so, but explain it to me. So there's a part of you that might be crying because something has happened and there's another part of you that's observing that yes, part. Yes. Like and, I'm never and making really, a note? Yeah, I'm never really completely in the moment. There's always like a part of me that's outside of me observing what's happening. And people have actually told me like I've had like in the middle of an argument and like the other person, I, I know what you're doing. I know you're, and you're gonna use this in that scene tomorrow, just don't even think about it. Like people have said it to me. And That's then they've so seen. so funny. Yeah, and it's like bad. But ye, this is from the beginning. 
that's just how you're built. I think so, yeah. I think so. But that's also how I remember distinctly um, something really silly had happened at home and I started crying. And mom was trying to console me. And then she took a step back and she was just like, you're a pretty crier. That's important. You look pretty when you cry, that's important. I feel bad for you. It's good. Just remember what you've done. So I was like, oh, okay, fine. But can I please have more ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just part of the genetic makeup. I think so. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh God, I've really made us sound like really like placid, pe placid people. <laughs> no, no, because I imagine at some level, all artists do that, right? It is all grist for the mill. I think you so. You use everything. I think so, and I really think that, as uh, superficial as it sounds, I really think it does uh, prove to be cathartic for you as a person. Um, there have been so many things that I haven't been able to deal with or process in my actual life that I feel like if there's even um, a semblance to that situation that's happening in a scene or that I'm performing, I feel that there's been some sort of catharsis for me in my personal life when I've kind of lived it through you know, similar beats in my characters. Yeah, it all comes out. I think so, and I like save it up a little bit. And I say, ek din ek scene aega aur main <laughs> But you <laughs> have that level of control, that you can save it up and then bring it out? A little bit, I think more with emotional scenes. I can cry like on cue. Really? Yeah. Do you want me to cry like right now? No. I can do it, I think. No, no, please don't. Because <laughs> it was happening. I can see that. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you seriously doing it? Yeah, I could, but like now I stopped. I can go back into it if you want. How are you doing this? <laughs> like there's just a switch? Yeah, a little bit. But you know, your mom had this. <laughs> like I told you, this. I don't know if I've told you this, but like my mother wrote Chandni, right? So I was on the sets of Chandni and I've seen her shoot with Yashji and like that transformation from when she would sit there and, and be completely quiet and also a little intimidating. Like you couldn't just walk up to her. Yeah. You, you didn't do that. You didn't just so sort of friendly banter one <laughs> Yeah. But then she would walk in front of the camera and just light up. Light up. Yeah. It was like a switch had been hit. But I think, you know, the fact that you've used the word switch is funny because I think there's a very scientific reason to that behavior. I think it's like an energy conservation thing that she used to do. Mm. And I think that's how she was as a person also. She didn't believe in wasting like energy or time in things that, um, that either weren't important to her personally, which was of course just her family, or bettering her craft or um, exciting her creatively. So I think that was just her conserving her energy. She didn't want to waste it, I think, is my theory. And, yeah. and she... your dad's going to be an actor. The U.S. Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP. Now. Oh God! <laughs> After the camera, are you, you are you ready for it? Because he is gonna wait for your review of his performance. He's gonna expect a separate episode only dedicated to him. I feel. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. But listen, he said that the kids sort of pushed me into this. What yeah. did you tell him? I said, do it. Like who at the like, age why not? of? Yeah, and who at the age of? I don't know how old he is, but in my head he's 20 and he'll always be 20. I don't want to think that he ages. 
but who at that age gets the chance to try a hand at a new career yeah. and um, and i really think that if he didn't have the pressure the responsibility of taking care of his father's business and also um taking care of his brother's careers that he would have maybe tried his hand at acting um it's something he liked i mean you can tell you can tell he you know after coming back home from work he'd stay up till like 3 a.m. just watching old hindi music videos that would play on i think before you or something yeah, yeah. Uh, all those shami kapoor songs and like he'd like acted out sitting on that couch and i remember mom would be like thank god you didn't become an actor you'd be the most vain man on the planet <laughs> 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 well, you yeah, and and of course, Kushi has made her debut uh, officially now with Archie's. So, what is the dinner table conversation like? Three actors in the house. <laughs> um, I feel like Papa's actually come to understand what it's like for an actor now. Yeah. I mean, although he's been a producer and been around actors a lot, I don't think you're ever privy to the waiting in the vanity van. the landing on your mark every single time the remembering every single dialogue the take after take after take the all of those things it's still a very comfortable glamorous job but i mean there are hardships that i don't think anyone else would understand so he has a little more respect i think for what we do um but uh, we actually haven't gotten to spend too much time together which makes me sad cuz she's been away for two and a half months and she's coming back tomorrow and i'm so excited and uh, uh i've been traveling a lot shooting and papa's been traveling too so the three of us actually haven't had dinner together in a really long time and it's very depressing but it'll happen soon and then you will exchange actorly notes i think so <laughs> we might exchange food first and then actorly <laughs> notes you know you said janvi in an interview that the hardest part about being a celebrity is is to keep yourself from going insane from all the noise all the chatter all the opinions yeah so how do you do that how do you keep yourself away from all of it i think that you need to un- you need to have a home base to come back to and a world that isn't um a part of this world i think that everything in this industry other than the actual job is very transitory and mm-hmm. fleeting and it's important to recognize that and um my friends are the same friends that i've had since the second grade um and i'm so lucky to have family members that like will give it to me straight like they don't bullshit which i value a lot and i have a world that's very independent of all this as well and i value it a lot and my work is my life but i've realized i think also because of the pandemic that if that's everything then you you, you kind of get lost as a person mm-hmm. because you'll never get an outside perspective there are enough people to make you feel like the most important person and there are enough people to make you feel like you're unworthy and undeserving of everything so how do you have an objective lens to yourself yeah it's like tough enough even if you aren't an actor but especially if you are so you just need to step away for a bit and understand that this isn't the real world like in the scheme of things you're so small like viral bhayani might think you're cool but like in the actual world you just like play act for a living i mean no it's an art and like you give your heart and soul and you entertain people but 
but there's other stuff going on in the world. It's important, I think, recognize yeah. that. You know, uh, Carrie Fisher very famously said that um, in Hollywood, there's no true closeness because everyone does the fake closeness so well. <laughs> It's a good quote. <laughs> it's not a great quote. It is yeah. a great quote. Is, is that true of Bollywood as well? I, I don't know. I think the circles that I've let myself uh, open up to have, or maybe I'm just naive. Maybe they're being fake close with me. Carrie Fisher's made me wonder. But, um, but no, I, I don't think that I would allow myself to enter an equation that isn't feeling genuine and sincere because I'm the kind of person that if you give me 10% of affection and love, um, then I'll give you like 2,000. And, uh, and um, but then again, it's tough for me to get to a place where I expect anything of someone. So I think my friend circle, even the ones that are a part of the industry, I can count on them and I, I feel like they take a bullet for me and I take a bullet for them. Good for you. At least I hope so. I'm so much saying. I'd be really sad. You said that you really wanted to do a comedy and yes. a love story. Yes. So, so have those happened since the last time we talked? Well, Bhaval is a love story. Yeah. And is Good Luck Jerry perhaps slightly, it is comedic. It's, it, it is very comedic. Mr. and Mrs. Mahi is also, um, the love story is a huge part of it. Uh, so yeah, the love story Kira and me is getting like fed a little bit, but the comedy Kira is still hungry, I think. I got to do a little bit in Good Luck Jerry. I just saw the movie again recently and I'd forgotten that, oh, I've done a lot comedy, kiya hai. but still, I, you know that front-footed um, Tez Tarrar, that... Hold uh, on. Yeah, I want to do that. I want to try that. I feel like um, the last few films that I've done, the ones that haven't released even. I think I've pushed myself emotionally quite a bit. Um, and I think the next challenging thing for me to do as an actor would be to try to m try my hand at comic timing. So you also you also said that uh, you're very keen to do a film in the South, but you haven't found any material that made you say like, this is it. Yeah. So like, are there any names you want to work with? I really want to work with Alfonso. I loved Premam. Um, I did too. Yeah. Vetri Maran, sir. I called him up like a stalker. Really? Yeah. What did you say? I said, sir, I'll audition for you, please. <laughs> if you have anything in mind. Because I just watched um, uh, Dhanush sir's film. The Asuran. Asuran, yes. Oh, God, that climax when he looks at his son before going into... Yeah, so i just seen that. And uh, yeah, I think these two for now. And it's just the material just right now is not sparking sort of, I got to do this. No, nothing so far. Coming back to Good Luck Jerry, um, what was it like to work with Anand Rai? It was a lot of fun. I think he operates from such a place of love and warmth yeah. um, and comfort. And I remember the only piece of advice he gave to me before starting this film was uh, just have fun. Like, just like let yourself be, just open up. Because I think he could sense that there's that element of like, I need to do well, I need to like, you know the, uh, like I said to you, I operated from a very, um, what is it called? Blinkered. Blinkered um, place. And I think he just wanted me to open up a little bit. And I think that's what I tried to do and I had a lot of fun doing it. 
hopefully it paid off. <laughs> you know, Rithik had once told me that, that when uh, in the early days he would shoot like, he said, I was so uh, coiled so tightly that I, I, my, my work felt like there was a dog chasing me and I had to keep <laughs> running away from it. And then suddenly I realized that there is no dog chasing me and I can just enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. Is that the space you're in? I am enjoying it and I don't just think it comes to my work as in what happens on set. I think it, it's also just about living life within openness because ultimately I think that reflects in your work. I think that I was approaching everything with, um, uh, no, I don't deserve to take a break. No, I don't deserve to take an off today. No, I don't like, I can't afford to um, uh, travel right now. I can't afford to... Uh, be this privilege. I don't know. I think I was just a little too hard on myself. Um, about Where does that come things. from, though? I think an element of feeling like, or being constantly told that you're not deserving of the opportunities that you've gotten, and so. Um, so you have to prove yourself much more. Much more, or like, there's always that feeling of like people have gone through so much to get what they want. I've gotten it. So like, how do I make myself feel like I deserve it? I need to like put myself through something. Um, yeah, but but it's okay. I, I, I ha I'm doing what I want to do. I'm lucky and I'm trying to do it as honestly as possible and with as much sincerity and hard work as possible. And hopefully that'll be enough. <laughs> I'm sure it will be, Janvi. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anupama. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Film Companion Podcast. Stay tuned for more reviews, interviews and all that's hot and happening in pop culture and entertainment.